says heavy. On your marks, on your marks, get steady. Taking my time with it, just like Teddy. Speaking my mind with it, feel it on the levy. On the weekly, quantum speaks easy. Andrew connected the dots, and that's breezy. Show side, do flam dung, so come and see me. Feel it, red, you know that never be me. Take another look like the AR. You can listen to the trade or you see AR. Yeah, the content must go far. You can live with the team, cause we raise the bar. It's just as hard. Twitter and YouTube don't get barred. Trophies are coming, so we fix the scars. Only when the season, the season's at large. I can't be without you. This week we've neither won, lost, or drawn. It's the Show Side Podcast, episode one four five, and we have Jay in the building. It's been a while. How you doing, my brother? It's been a hot second. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I can't possibly complain. My my, my boy Ange is in charge, so I uh, yeah, I can't possibly complain. It's, it's a good it's, it's a good time to be alive. Okay, so does that mean we're going to get you on the pod more? That big Ange is in the building. Hey, you're gonna get me. Yeah, you will get me, Matt, on the pod more. Um, I've been, um, I've been tardy. Apologies. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be more available. Um, uh, but the boys have been doing a good job. Uh, there's been a lot of quality that uh, they've been pumping out. So I've not been missed. But you know, I guess when it's that Manchester City type machine, it's just you know, it's just every week it's rolling on, rolling on. Um, so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's good to be back though. Good, 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 good. How how is the city of Manchester? Given the Blues City have brought it all home, it's you know it's not it's not too bad at all. Um, like City fans are quite calm in general um, because they've been like through a lot. They tend yeah. to like it, most of the the more like hype or gassed uh, City fans tend to be newer fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like come from Arsenal, you know, maybe <laughs> come from Chelsea or something. So or Tottenham this they, season, Lero and Kobna. We, we we because we the, I guess because because of the the nature of the side that we are it's almost like you sign up for like it's more of a you sign up for the good and the bad of Tottenham it's yeah. like I feel like you're less likely to jump from a Tottenham than you are from an Arsenal you know what I mean with, this, with, with the legacy of winning in the nineties and the early two thousands yeah yeah yeah. Like, yeah 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 so yeah, it's it's one of those if you already chose to support Tottenham over Arsenal. There isn't a huge number of clubs then that can tempt you away from Tottenham, no? Maybe, maybe West Ham as they won the bloody Conference League and what, started you piping same, up. You mean, you mean the same competition that the, the fans were desperate for us not to qualify, but now want to use that as a stick to beat the club with? Exactly. Like, you, people have got to pick a lane. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, I'm not too mad at that. I'm not too mad at that. Yeah. I'm not too mad at that. But anyway, you mentioned... You mentioned Big and Postacoglu is now a f- member of the team. He is the Tottenham Hotspur manager. He yeah. has got a four-year contract, which is a break from the recent norm of Nuno, yeah. Conte and Jose. So, 
project manager of sorts in, and you were a bit of a visionary. Um, he was one of your two, or was he your number one? T- tell us, tell us. What it was happened. so basically, um, I had him and Slot as 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 basically my choices, and I was basically like, uh, this is a while ago. Let's let's put in perspective. Yeah, so this is about three months ago. Um, I, I said that these guys were, were were my choices, and and I kind of was basing it off. Um, a couple of things. So the main thing is I wanted to know if the club had learned from their previous mistakes. And and if they had, it would have to be one of those two managers. Yeah, I hear you. you see what I mean? As in, and so it was it was like a logical fallacy because when I was looking at it, I said, right, what does the club want? So I said, the club wants forward-thinking, progressive manager. Modern, modern. And in, in relation to the point of we want a, a manager who can do patterns of play. Um, what does modern even mean? Modern really probably means what's in vogue. Mm-hmm. So you want a manager who's got a managerial style that's somewhat in vogue. I kind of always felt over the last couple of managers in Mourinho and Conte, we've gotten managers on the back end. Agreed, yeah. J- just on the way down. Like we weren't, like we had Conte last season and yeah, we just got the last bit of his peak. Yeah. You know, like, and we just got, but then, you're looking at the Deserbies and the Artetas and and, and and the Peps and how they're setting their teams up and stuff, and you realise, oh, damn, this is pretty archaic. Go back to Mourinho. This is pretty archaic. We're not playing progressive patterns of play. We're not... We have no proverbial definitive way to get from A to B to C to D all the time yeah. in a progressive manner on a game-by-game basis. So I, I thought that... Okay, that's what we need as a club. You want a manager that can do that. Then you want a personality, someone who can bring the club together. Yeah, so I was like, okay, the club lacks romance. It lacks um, people have fallen out of love with the club. So you need somebody who can bring back the romance. Yeah. So, so that's another criteria. So then you're looking at, okay, the so, club sorry, can I, Sorry, can I cut you there? Why didn't you include Poch if you're talking about romance? Okay, because because Poch failed on the, the style of football. Okay. Because even in 2018, mm-hmm. I was like, this guy tactically isn't the same as some of these other managers. Yeah. He's not quite of that level of tactical tacticals. Like he, he he's not a pep. No, Do you know what I mean? And his he, teams he, don't play like that. Yeah, he came he came what did him well was the high press. High exactly. energy and a young squad. Yeah. So so you look at people like Harson Hootles and Jesse Marshes. Yeah, Poch is a bit more sophisticated than that, better than that. But those are managers. Poch hasn't actually had a young team since 2019 like that. Since he got sacked from Spurs, he hasn't had a profile club like Spurs. Mm-hmm. So then he had PSG and people will, Never will say, work. well... It didn't quite work, but you, did, you have a logical excuse of, well, you've got Messi and you've got Neymar and you've got Mbappe, so how can you do that high press and how can you do this? And so, to me, he's more of an unknown than Ange. I have no idea what a Poch team looks like in 2023 when he has everything his own way. I hear you. I hear you. So he, he is actually more of a risk than an Ange in a slot because I know how their team's set up, I know how they're going to play, and I know what they're trying to do. Yeah. So that was always my logic with Poch. Could still be a great manager. Yeah. Like, but I don't know. 
So why why Andrew slot or was it Andrew slot for you? So they both had the same sim. They like the last bits were just the transfers as well. That's what ruled out Enrique for me was that you want to do a money ball type approach, or you're going to be bringing scouted players rather than the manager dictating the kind of players he wants. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you go back to a lot of people give the board a lot of slack uh, flack for stuff for players, but. You know, I look back at the Ndombele and Lacelso, and for me personally, I I'm gonna put that more on Poch than Levy. Like, as in, like, I think Poch wanted those players. Mm-hmm. I know we'll never truly know who who like, but I'm saying that the club was willing to pony up nearly sixty million for Lacelso and nearly sixty million for Ndombele, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, if Bruno was fifty five or whatever. I'm sure the club would. It just becomes like a narrative to attack the club with. Like, we had La Celso or Bruno mm-hmm. as an option. We chose La Celso. It didn't work out for the best. Yeah, but La Celso was the bigger name at the time. Coming off a big season with Betis in the Europa League, like, people were hyping him a lot. Like, he had more buzz than him than Bruno. You reckon? Uh, I know, Bru- time, yeah, probably probably more hype and Bruno came in, Like Then he had that six months, Bruno. And then in January, Bruno was looking really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're, he did pick up a head of steam before United got in. <clears throat> and we were so, in for him then, so, yeah. So, so to finish on the answer, so then, to me then it came down to those two because I never thought that Nagelsmann would see us as a final destination. Yeah, agreed. That was the final bit. Yeah. Final destination. You have to be... We are we are the prize, yeah. Fair. So that then took us to Ange and Slot. The reason I thought Slot would get the job, but I wanted Ange to get the job, was because I thought that Levy would remember what happened with Ten Hag, and we didn't take Ten Hag, and he did well. Yeah, and he would be gravitate towards that. And I think to an element, maybe there was a fifty-fifty. I don't think Slot ever had the job. I just think because I because I almost think that. Do you think we approached him? I, I think we had a conversation, but even at the time that Slot was talking like that, I think Ange already had the job. I, I feel like I think so. had the, I, I feel like Ange's had the job for a while. So it's almost like Spurs knew that he, because we don't comment on anything, Spurs knew that he was kind of, do you know what I mean? That the, the papers were running with it. Ange is the next favourite. Ange is the next favourite. Ange is going to get the job. Sorry, uh, Slot's going to get yeah, the job. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, then it comes to a point and everyone's like, oh, oh, actually, oh, okay, well, he's not getting the job. And then everyone piles on the club. Oh, well, look at the club, watching the release. But it was yeah. never the plan. Yeah. It was almost, it was almost, it was never the plan. I agree with that because in, in, in the manner in which Ange came in, it was literally two days after the cup final. So we probably couldn't have speak, spoken to him during that period of time. So it could have said, hell no. Um, Four year deal. It's kind of the man, what people forget as well, he's overseen everywhere he's gone, rebuilds, right? Mm-hmm. And what do we need is a rebuild. And maybe with unfanciable play, um, players as well. So it is somebody who fits the criteria very well. Um, mm-hmm. And how much of it do you think Munn had to do with it? And could that be another reason why it was a done deal um, so long ago? Um, I would say that um, Mun had a good amount to do with it because um, I think there's a lot of synergy between these agents and stuff, you know? Mm. Um, a lot of the agents are um, like AAA, um, you know, it's Richarlison's agent, 
Son's agent, mm-hmm. Angie's agent, Scott Munn's in bed with them, James Madison's agent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so like that's why when I'm like, um, the the vision of what the club's trying to do, I feel like, yes, Ange um, maybe was overseen by Munn, but I think Munn as well wants to put in a style of football that is is sustainable. Do you know what I mean? So you're looking at manager. That's why Enrique still was in the shout. Because if you've got a guy who comes from the City group, yeah, he's used to putting a, a uniform style of playing across 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 the, the teams. So I think Mon I think having a, a final three of kind of like slot Ange and Enrique. And, and Enrique shows that the club was faithful to the vision of what they set out to do with the managers. Yeah. And they should be somewhat commended for that. They 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 they, they started with a, a bigger list and then there was Alonzo's and then there was like Silvers and there was like, there was lots of good managers, Thomas Frank, lots of good managers on the list. With Deserbi on that list? I think there's I don't think there's a huge difference between Ange and Deserbi. Mm. I think um I think with Deserbi he he was able to come into a a better framework. Yeah. Like, you know, he's coming to a team that Pot has established. Tweaked. Style of play is established. He's tweaked. He's, he's almost taken the handbrake off from an attacking point of view, but he manages to benefit from the, the, the defensive solidity that Pot has put in. Mm. So it's just, I remember when uh, Roberto Martinez took over Everton and he, he built on what Moyes had. Yeah. And he had a stable defence and then all of a sudden the handbrake was off on the attack. What happens is the law of diminishing returns Happened. on the defensive coaching. <laughs> yeah. So I expect something similar for Deserby's side over the next one to two years because he showed at Sassuolo that the balance, his balance, yeah. is is a little bit more towards the attack. So you don't, can't. I'm sorry, I, I don't know how you can lose a Saicedo, McAllister, pivot, and and not have a hit. You're gonna, he's going to have a hit and they're going to be in Europe. Well, I, I remember when Southampton used to be the bell of the ball, you know, and they could do no wrong yeah. and they were the same. And all it takes is one season of misses and and all of a sudden everything's not as rosy. But yeah, Deserby would have been on the list. Um, but again, you know, I think it goes to show that um, good players with a good system can, can add value straight away. You know, we've seen it. Like, Let's be honest, yeah? Most of the good managers who have a somewhat decent system have done all right in, in, in implementing. So you've got, like, Emery straight away did well. Howe straight away did well. Um, look at the... Um, who else is it? Deserby straight away did well. So there's a lot of... To me... There's a lot of signs that I can see other teams have, have, have brought a manager in, Im- implemented a specific style and pattern of play, and they've had immediate dividends straight away. Do you think he can do that with our <clears throat> excuse me, our side, given the fact that we've been drifting for so long and we've been playing a style of football for so long now that does is kind of the complete opposite of what he's trying to implement? So, um yeah, I think you could instill it straight away. Personally. <coughs> um, I think that the squad is a lot better than people think. Definitely, we need 
we need four players. Like if if we signed a goalie, two centre backs, and an attacking midfielder, and that's all we did till January, and they were like say Raya, Gahey, Madison, and then one other centre back, I would be absolutely more than happy with that until January. Yeah, if the rest of the squad was made up of like Brian Gill staying, like Reguilon playing as backup left back to Udogi, uh, Dyer and Dorrington being the backup centre-backs along with another centre-back and then Gahey and Romero starting. All of that sort of stuff, yeah, that's all we need to me. Um, and, yeah, I think that the team, uh, the Brentford at home game, to me, is a good indication of what the team can do. Because in the first half, absolutely played them off the park. Yeah. Absolutely blitzed them. That's, that's, that performance in that game is that's like to me it's like okay that's what we could look like if we get it right if we try and do it but we need so center backs two new center backs do you see what i mean and an attacking midfielder and then you know um a different structure and a different approach and i'm saying you, you you're seeing a lot of up you know you have to remember 30 31 games gone of the season we were we were like third holding on against southampton you're third yeah, you know, it, it's we're not as bad as people make out, and and I think I think we'll shock a lot of people next season. Personally, I, I genuinely think that I personally am aiming for top five because you got to look at these games and you say you've got like twenty home games. You know, you should just be looking to win all your home games and win half your away games. If you're doing that's that's my that's always my formula going into a season. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean? It's a good one. But we've yet to make the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium a real fortress. But, I mean, there's nothing saying we can't do it. We have just haven't done it as yet. So I, I want to go back to Postacoglu in, in essence. And you mentioned a, a, quite a few things. But tactically, what is it you love about Postacoglu? Okay, so... Um, so, for me personally, in terms of um, Ange... It's um, so from a build-up point of view, um, they build they build in quite a modern, progressive way. So they've they're working with the sort of two three five build-up, sometimes three three two five two three five. So what that kind of means is you have your two centre backs, and then your um, your sort of DM or your number six is then going to be playing in a similar line to your right back and left back who've pushed up a little bit. So you'll have them three of them in a line and then you'll basically try and pit play through the through the through the well it's it's not a million miles away. If you remember when we played on the potch, um say Dyer or Wanyama they'd split the centre backs. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden like uh we'll Tottenham will we'll push. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Vatonga will push out to left centre back. Toby, Toby to the right. To right centre yeah. back and then the the full backs can really push on. And so that's just another variation of build. So for me, in terms of build-up play and progression, our build-up play, I've never really been impressed with it for the last three or four years. It's, it's been quite poor. What build-up play? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing is, is, but we also pass the ball shorter than any team in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. It's a statistical fact. So we pass the ball short. We don't progress the ball yeah, well. Yeah. But we pass the ball short. And getting ourselves so, in trouble, but yeah. It, repeatedly. So so now you get into the chain of thought of, okay, well, we, we've, we've been so starved, even Poch last season, 
last 18 months. We didn't have patterns. We weren't progressing the ball properly. So yeah. we've been starved of this for so long. The best patterns we've got are counter-attack or sporadic. Um, we have a pattern. Everybody... We had a pattern under Conte on the right-hand side. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. we had that between Doherty, Kane. Doherty and Co- yeah, yeah, Kolozeski and, Co- and yeah. maybe Bentoncourt as well. Yeah. That's, that's the only pattern I've seen in the last 18, well, three years. And, and, that's, and that's a great point. So you've got now a pattern or a lack of pattern, an approach or a lack of approach. So straight away, what I'm liking about Ange is high press. I, I could take or leave high press. I think high press is one of those things that it's, um, it's good because you're trying to get the ball back. Uh, you're trying to encourage turnovers in good places. And then you're trying to go straight back up the other end. So, you know, you, you've got, you, you, you could almost be like trying to do a V. So if you imagine like an upside down V, so mm-hmm. if you imagine you've got a number six and then you've got two eights, they've got, they form a little triangle. Yeah. The two eights are in the same position. So you've got your, your right winger and left winger outside of them. So if you imagine then that, that looks a bit like a V yeah. if you're looking formationally. So now you're trying to get people into that V and get the ball. Yeah. And then you're trying to go straight in there. So, so in that kind of thing, that sophisticated press approach, and it's, it's press isn't perfect to be fair, but just even a we're going to attack you, our priority is is outplaying you. Um, you know, our priority is just there and just pushing forward and, and showcasing we're the best team. Um, we haven't had that logic for a while. We've had a pragmatic, I don't want to lose, I'm scared to lose, let's keep it tight. And, and the team that makes less mistakes win. And, and I think from a, a point of view, if you want to put that style of play in, you need a leader, a man of purpose to impose that. Because when you, when you have had so long of playing a formation and style, which is, is, not, is, is not really helping you be progressive, it's not really helping you take the ball by the horns, how can you impose that style of play with a weaker manager or a manager that doesn't have respect? It's not possible because as soon as you try and do it and it doesn't work, the players will go back into their shells. The players will start looking for people to blame. The players will not take accountability. Mm-hmm. But that's why you need a strong manager to show them the, the wood from the trees, to show them the vision of where they're trying to be and ending up. And that's why I was so... The soft skills, the personality... The leadership is just as important. There's, there's a number of managers we could have got that have similar profiles. That you know, like we can look at. You can show me like even company and this and that. But yeah, but uh, I, I think sorry to cut you, but I think I, th- I think like the more I read, the more I see, the more I hear about Postacoglu, the more I'm convincing myself that <laughs> me re-signing my season ticket was a good thing because Definitely. he's got. Like you say, some of the soft skills. Although he's not a self-professed um, um, arm around the shoulder manager, and that's been well documented. But what he does do is he's got the Martin Yola about him, where he's the big teddy bear, but he's also stern. He's very stern, and he yeah. backs his players. And one one of the thing that I love the most is that he won't relent from playing attacking football and that's because of the relationship with his dad if you haven't heard already he's the way he got close to his dad coming from a greek background in australia um he dad loved attacking football loved watching the great sides i think it was ajax 
of um, the late 70s. And <clears throat> he's deterred from it once and regretted it. But he's lost jobs. He's yeah. fallen out with people, had arguments on national TV based around his philosophy and style of play. And we know it can be implemented with, I'm not going to say average players, because these players are not average, they were just unheard of. If I look at Brighton as an example, when Brighton came to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it was a joy to see their centre-back was halfway between the halfway line and our penalty area. And I say the centre-back because he was their furthest player or their closest player to their yeah. goal. Yeah. And the other centre-back went, the full-backs were already high and you press high. They play off second balls. Um, there's more bodies to pass to. The, mm-hmm. It's obviously going to be in their favour. And that's similar to what I've seen about Postacoglu. His line is exactly that high. The fullbacks yeah. play inverted. They create the first press or the second press. Um, there's more bodies there. There's obviously yeah. the danger of going in behind. Um, and that's why, for me, you mentioned Dyer, and Dyer has to go because he can't play in that line <laughs> at all. Well, I, I think, I think yes, I think he does. But I think by the same token, is I almost have a carte blanche for most of these players now. Mm. Because it's almost like, I feel like a number of them haven't been coached for a couple of years. No, I hear that. I do hear I, that. I, 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 but I know that some people are past the point of any return. <laughs> um, but, but it's almost as well as I like, there's no way I would have ever said Cameron Carter-Vickers is a top-class oh, centre-back. I know. But what, what Ange got out of him was a high-level tune. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's been so long since we've had a system that overly enhances the players. People were like, oh, you were lucky to get top four. And they said, no, maybe maybe it's the other way around. Like, it was a good enough to get top four. But then last season, the quality in the Premier League did take a shunt. Mm-hmm. It took a shunt in real time. Player quality, managerial quality. You look at the managers that came into the Premier League last season, and it's like, four. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like all my days, you've got like Lopetuegui, like going to Wolves. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, Emery at Emery, Villa. Yeah. So, in that, and that's even before you're looking at the likes of, like, Potter might even get the Palace job. Yeah. So, you've got a manager that Chelsea paid £20 million for, yeah, less than a year ago, who will be managing uh, Crystal Palace, who have people like Elise and Eze yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, it's, it's one of those where I look at it and I say, um, the quality of the league has, has grown a lot and you can't get away without having a a a plan of what the club's trying to achieve or targets for the club and a, a style of play. And that's why, like, based on everything I said, like, even when I'm talking to you now, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's absolutely no way I would there's no way I could have uh, there's no way I could have uh, given Poch the job over Ange based on the criteria that we've laid out tonight. Yeah, the criteria is very specific and I think the key one is the rebuild and the key and coaching. Um I and this, and I think the authority that he sets because he does it in two ways. He does it in the way where you're not going to mess with him. I've heard stories about him sitting next to players on a flight home after they've messed up and that player not wanting to go to the toilet for 14 hours because he didn't yeah, want to yeah. wake up Postacoglu. He's got that kind of level of authority. He commands that. Yeah. But he also commands the authority that 
we do it my way. So if a player is going long because he's under pressure and he's been given the coaching and the patterns there and the players are available, you better be sure you're going to pass that ball or else you won't be playing the next game. And he's a player defender's mess stuff. And this is all documented stuff, guys. Listen to pods and read. It's all out there. This is I'm not breaking any ground with this. But when you collate it all, it makes you think this could be the guy because he... I love a manager. If a player gives a ball away he, and it leads to a goal and he doesn't berate that player, not because he's trying to protect that player, but he's actually saying, well, why didn't that player pass the ball? It's because nobody showed for the player. And if you're supposed to be mm-hmm. showing, then it's on you. It's not on that player, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's the same thing. It's almost thing. like it's, it's everyone's fault together as in like, okay, he gave the ball away, but who were his options? Where were his options? Exactly. Like, why did he give the ball away? That's so. it. Stop hiding. And your goalkeeper, he said, my goalkeeper's going to get lobbed twice a season. Like, I'm going to live with that because we're going to play such a high line that I need him to sweep. And yes, it can't be Loris and hopefully Israel or somebody of that. But the, funniest thing, the funniest thing is, is that like peak Loris was a sweeper keeper. He was. He was. As, as he became older, he became way less of a sweep. I don't know when the change happened. But I don't know. It was almost like maybe after he broke his arm. The arm break, the, the DUI. I think these two yeah. things really impacted Lloris. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's another pod, another time, the, the, the fall yeah. from Lloris because like you say, he became, he went from a sweeper-keeper to playing behind his goal line um, last but, season. But then also, but also that you had the change. Yeah, it's what I mean about style. Yeah, true. Yeah, the style of goalie in that period changed from sweeper keepers to keepers playing with the ball at their feet. Mm-hmm. It's not even that long after 2019, look like Allison, great ball player. City had Edison, yeah. great ball. So Neuer, we, yeah, yeah Noya. So we, Noya was seen as an anomaly yeah. to start off yeah. with. Crazy. But then now it became a norm. Yeah. Now he's now that profile is the norm. So. That was like, Loris was a sweeper-keeper, so not only did he decline in ability, then the, 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 the prototype best profile of a goalkeeper changed. Yeah, 100%. And we didn't change with it. No. So now we're doubly impacted, because we haven't got a keeper that's played to the highest level, and also, stylistically, he won't help the club evolve. Yeah, and trebly impacted because we had Dyer. Sorry, I had to keep on going. <laughs> um, so, going back to this, right? So, you, <clears throat> you've actually gone against Postacoglu in the sense that he said, my system will take some time to implement and embed. Um, it was shown at Celtic that they lost, obviously, again, well-documented, their first um, league game against Hearts, who had just been promoted. They'd lost, um, I think, their first Champions League game, which meant they got knocked out of the Champions League, um, not last season, the season before. So they started slow, and then obviously ran away with the title in Scotland, but they did start slow. Now, what I know we've got quality, but the Premier League, as you said, there is a lot of quality there. What one thing leads you to believe we can start quickly. And we haven't seen the fixtures. They come out tomorrow. But yeah. we could have City. So, we could have Arsenal. Yeah. Who knows who we could have I in the first got, I, I saw some guys share something. I think we've got Fulham. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy who shared it last year and he got it right. Uh, he shared it again just now. He say, he's saying Fulham. So he's saying Fulham and he's saying uh, 
Arsenal have got Brighton away. So do you know what the rest of the fixtures are? Is that just day one fixtures? Yeah, no, no. There's, uh, I forward it to you now. Hold on one sec. Um, this is what the guy... I just WhatsApp to you. Okay. This is what the guy thinks the, the fixtures will be. Seven look. This is live in the podcast, guys. Let's see. So this is week one. Right. Home to Fulham. I mean... <clears throat> You can't ask for much more than... Yeah, that be, that's a perfect... Yeah, that's, if that's the game, that's perfect. And also, they haven't got lightning forwards, right? So, yeah. if we're going to try and embed and implement this high line day one, the last thing you want to do yeah, yeah. is get caught out by someone rapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mitrovic, Mitrovic isn't running away from you kind of vibes. Yeah, that, I mean, that is... And that's kind of what I'm hoping for for the start of the season. Yeah. Those kind of sides. I think we're going to need to ramp up because the fan base is going to be on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, Postacoglu, I think, won't deter. He's got a four-year contract. It is a rebuild. Um, yeah. But you don't want Kane, to, if he is there, to start getting itchy feet. You, you need him to buy in for the season. You need everyone to buy in. You need the fans to buy in. Levy needs yeah. to buy in and buy. So I think a nice set of fixtures to start off with will go a long way to helping Postacoglu embed a system, a style of play, play, and more importantly, a belief in both of those things. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, going back to Big Ange, um, one of the things that um, I also like about him is I heard the other day that he... <laughs> And obviously, you got to take everything with a pinch of salt and the mayonnaise gets spread on stories along the years, Chinese whispers type of thing. But again, maybe not so well documented, but he's been coaching for more than the 20 odd years they say he's been coaching. He actually started his coaching career at the age of 12. Did you hear that one? I heard that one, like, as in, like, he had a job. I mean, I officially count it at around 31, 32, yeah. like, when he got his first kind of assistant role. But um, the, the it's, it's, it's a nice anecdote, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a nice... He's been coaching for 40 years, <laughs> well, so, 40 nights, and he made, he's made it to Tottenham Hotspur. Well, that's, uh, I guess. The age 12, it just shows his, I guess, his desire, his his love of football when he was 12 and he coached his, was it high school team to state yeah. glory because they'd given his football team a music teacher as a coach and they were too busy marking papers um, during practice. And the other guys said they listened to him because he just sounded like he knew what he was doing and he won his first title um, at the age of 12. So, I mean, that's impressive. Obviously, it's not necessarily tangible in the modern game, but it's good to show that he's got that winning mentality, which all Spurs fans yeah. will probably look to. But we know, guys, that's not the be and end-all. We've had two serial winners, maybe on the way down, but we've had two serial winners, and it didn't yeah. work out. Right, so, Jay, I'm going to ask, ask you a question, and you haven't got long to think about this, but okay. which players do you think will benefit most from um, the style of football or Big Ange himself um, going forward and why? Um, in answer to that, I'd probably go with, so Son and Son and Kulu definitely, um, I feel, 
uh, wide players with um, specific rotations and um, movements and patterns benefit a lot. You've seen it with Saka and Martinelli at Arsenal mm-hmm. when you can create isolations, 1v1s, uh, opportunities for players running through on goal. That's going to benefit a lot. Um, I think Hoiberg could do a good job. Um, I think he, he's 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 going to in which role? For, so in me in the midfield three as a sort of a pressing box to box. So the eight, not the three. six, because there'll be two not eights and a six. Yeah, two eights and a six. So Madison would play like an eight slash ten if we got him. Hoiberg would play as an eight. Bazuma would play as a six. What about Ben? Ben ten. He's, well, he won't be fit to start the season, so okay. those, that, that three to start the season. Then you still got like Benton Corps, Saar, Skip, um, Divine, and you can basically think about trying to maybe, if you want to bring in a Hatate or somebody. Um, but I, I, I think maybe if you bring in Madison, that might be it for central midfield, especially if Ndombele. I was waiting for the Ndombele. So... Um, from my point of view, it's, it's kind of like, it's a difficult question for me to answer because it's more like, I think a lot of our players are capable of playing the Ange style of play. So let's talk about the centre-backs because you touched on the centre-backs earlier and I've, I've mentioned his name three times in jest. Um, yeah. So there's, there's talk that Romero would be really successful under Ange Postacoglu because he's very comfortable on the ball, likes to take risks with the ball in a positive way. Um, and I think Postacoglu will be good for him because he will give him a kick up the backside and tell him to stop piss-arsing around when he goes into his mad moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's also got a bit of pace, right? So potentially can manage the high line. Whereas I fear that Dyer, mm-hmm. I don't rate Dyer anyway, period. Okay. But even if I did, I would fear that his lack of pace would be problematic in the high line. Tell me why I'm wrong. I think it your a high line is not about just about a defender's pace and things like that. A high line is about the system that goes into the high line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, a high line without pressure on the ball is suicide. Yeah, of course. So, if you have an appropriate pressing system and things like that, it will mitigate a lot of the high line issue to me. Um, that's not to say that I think the Dyer I think that with Dyer it's almost like, okay, are you gonna negate his need to defend all the time? Mm-hmm. Because if you if you make somebody do something all the time, you're gonna see their worst habits. Some people can make the argument that okay, well Dyer's defending a lot, um, so it's easy in a low block. But what if like Dyer's skills or benefits, you know, maybe it's more passing, maybe it's more you know, like trying to break lines with things. Maybe it's more trying to do the other side of the game, mm-hmm. but we're making him do more of the defending and he's not a natural defender. He doesn't smell danger. He doesn't. So if you're constantly in that situation where you're playing a low block, you're asking somebody who's not a natural defender to, defend. to think naturally. Exactly. You're exacerbating the issues that that player has. So you, Not to say they're a good player. No, no. So on, on that note, would you be keen on Harry Maguire? Maguire is a he's gone he's been so pilloried that he's gone now to being quite underrated in my opinion I think he's quite an underrated player now 
Um, in a good England system, he's never looked anything less than a very good centre back. Really, couple of couple of iffy games, but go to a tournament, he's always there or thereabouts for team in the tournament. You know, he's almost there or thereabouts. England last tournament, they started playing a four three three. England don't play a low block. England play pretty high. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, so, I've seen, but I... so, so 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 I'm saying Maguire's playing in a back four, yeah. which is pretty high in a four three three, and he looks fine. But I don't think any United fan want his. United fans don't want Maguire at their club. Well, the thing is, is that to be brutally honest, like. Maguire played a much higher line. Like, I'm not saying he's as good as Lozano. Lozano is a very good defender, but Maguire's at a point now where it's almost like he almost is inside his own head kind of thing. Mm. It's like it's, it's it's too much for him. So with England, he doesn't have that. So, but at United, it's almost like he's fighting against himself. Mm. You know, so uh, he played a much higher line than than United play now. United play a low line. United play one of the deepest lines in the Premier mm-hmm. League. Yeah, so the line that Maguire played, yeah, under Oli, was way higher was. than the line Lisandro plays. Yeah, but everyone will say Maguire can't play in a high line and look at Lisandro. But Lisandro's not playing in a high line. It's just narratives. It is narratives. That's my point. It is narratives. It is, all it is, is it's not, is, do I want Harry Maguire? No. Do I think Harry Maguire is a lot better than the way he's being positioned in 2023 by, you know, just. So for football fans, absolutely, so for football fans, much better. He's much, he's much that's my point. As in, like he's he's much better than you you labeling him, but it doesn't mean that I think he's uh, Tabsoba or you know like a Medina or you know these continental exquisite names. But I promise you, you send Maguire to Italy, he's coming back with Serie A defender of the year within one year. And- you see, they bring people. They bring people like Koulibaly. Look at what he's doing in this league. Yeah, they say bring Romero, best defender. He struggled at times. Like the, Chris Smalling goes the other way. Oh my God, Chris Tamori goes the other way. Oh my God, Tamori. That's what I'm trying to explain to people. Kim Min Jai. Oh yeah, don't speak. He's a sore subject I, for me because I don't know why we didn't get him all those years ago. True, when, true, yeah. true. But tell me, how different is Kim Min Jai? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, when you actually, yeah, yeah. when you actually really yeah, analyze yeah. their same skill player, sets and player. how they play, and yeah. very similar players. Yeah, I think Kim and Jai is a little bit quicker, but yeah, quicker. I was going to say, in, in, okay. but in terms of how they play the ball, aggression, how they go into tackles, gates, size, yeah, yeah, yeah. domination, the yeah. way they mark. Yeah. Would would you say that there's a similarity there? Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. But ask those questions to Dyer because is he a player that can flourish or is he a player that may be performed better I just want to clear that up because I know Lero's going to be jumping so, down the I, throne right now yeah <laughs> yeah it's a difficult one because on the one hand I don't think I've never it's difficult with Dyer because it's almost like what's Dyer good at yeah and it's one of those where okay is he a good passer I think he's yeah. better than average passer yeah, yeah. So my thing is, is okay. Can we tap into that? Mm-hmm. Like, how can we get him confident enough that he's doing good stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the ball. Yeah, because the defensive stuff is, let's say, five and a half, six out of ten, pure defender. 
Yeah, let's say six out. <laughs> I'm, not giving, six, I'm not giving him six. I'm not giving him six. Okay, six is high. But the thing is, is that, like, this is what I'm saying. As I'm explaining this, I'm almost like, well, why are we keeping Longley? Why are we keeping Dyer and not Longley? Because I'd be like, Longley's defending is like six out of ten. Mm. It's not good, but it's not horrific, but it's not good yeah. at all. So I'd, I'd probably say Dyer and Longley are similar levels in terms of defensive ability. Fair. Maybe because Longley's a lefty. He gets a bit more aesthetic. Yeah, a little bit like looks better. Like, on the oh, ball. yeah, he, he looks better, but on the, but he's not. But he look he probably is a tiny. I tell you one thing: he's got over Dyer. He wins headers. He can win. He wins yeah, more true. headers. Than but but I've, like, I've seen but I've seen Dyer do better. It's like Dyer, put Antonio on Dyer, he can mark him out of a game. Yeah, mm. but put like a Timo Werner on Dyer, and he's fighting for his life. <laughs> do you know what I, I mean? So I ask you. Let's move. Let's move on um, to the fullbacks because I'm really intrigued at the. We don't really have fullbacks. We have Emerson Royale, who's a fullback. We have a converted left-sided centre back from a fullback, which was Ben Davies. The rest mm. for me are wing backs, and I'm ignoring Perisic because I don't believe he's going to be at the club. So we're looking at Udogi, Spence, Poro. And Reguilon coming back, who probably is a left back, who probably could play left wing back. Okay. So you've touched on the dog, you've touched on Regulon. Go to the right hand side. Poro and Spence. And Royale. Yeah. Um uh I mean I'd be happy with Emerson and Poro. Um Spence whatever. How do you think they like, play in inverted? Do you think both fullbacks can play inverted, or do you think one has think, to be yeah, inverted? I, and em- I, I know Emerson can play inverted, hundred yeah. percent. No concerns about that whatsoever. He's pretty tidy in possession too. So yeah, no look passes. Um, yeah, he's, 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 no, he's a good progressive. Like Emerson, no, I said he's no look passing is, when he's, oh, yeah, he's no, feeling I, himself. I was saying that Emerson. I was just. I, I know. I got the point. This is like all the tangent. It's like Emerson's progression is better than Poro's. I see Poro get praised. Every week, yeah, like I swear, to, it's it's amazing. Like the, when Poro does anything, like he scored some bangers and so. I'm not trying to say offensively, Emerson's near him, but when the, it comes to like, if you're basically telling me you can choose Poro or Emerson to build up play from the back, and one of them is going to lose it, and one of them wouldn't, I know for I know for damn sure it's not Emerson losing it. And and As and like, you could be right in terms of who. Postacoglu will go to for those reasons, right? Because yeah. Poro's got the highlight reel. He's got those three yeah. worldies. He's also got about four assists. So yeah. in what he's been asked to do in terms of stats, delivery at the end, in the final third, which is where he thrives, right? Um, something Royale struggled with early doors and got a little, and has got better. He's got two goals to his name. Um, yeah. Definitely, but you're right. Statistically, um, even security in for what the task is, if you're fully inverted, then Royale probably fits the bill better. And Spence may even fit the bill better than Poro there. Um, but then one could be inverted, one could be the opposite of inverted, exverted. It's not exverted. But one could be a bit more natural wing back. I've seen his systems do that. Similar to what I think Jose did mm-hmm. with the fullbacks, right? Tuck one in, let one go wide. So we have, we could, we've still got Sessegnon. Um, 
and we've got Ben Davies, so they could be the inverted ones, whereas Poro, Spence play wing-back and the opposite if Royale's there, and Idogi, um, or even Region play there. So I think there's options there. But what about some of the fringe players, some of the low knees? You've mentioned Hill, you've mentioned Ndombele. Is there anybody else who could... Be in for a starring role under Postacoglu. Uh, Lacelso, I'd probably well, Lacelso, I'd probably sell for funds. But um, like I said, one of Lacelso, like you can probably get good twenty five, thirty million for Lacelso. Uh, probably get twenty five from Villa uh, if they're serious. Yeah. Uh, um, he's like a, he's like John McGinn, but better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? As in like for their system and stuff. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see, like, it would be interesting to see if someone like Joe Rodon might get a chance. Yeah, that's a good um, shot. You know, it's, it would be interesting to see what they think of him. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's the squad is, what, 35 players or it's so? A big, it's a big, big uh, squad. And that's even including people like Scarlett and Parrot yeah. and... And, and these kind of players. Harvey White. <clears throat> yeah, so, I don't know, man. It's a, it's, it's, that's, a t- that's a tricky question for me at the moment because it's almost like I can't, I don't even know who's going to be here. After, I don't even know who's going on the tour. <laughs> no. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if they're going to take everyone on the tour or they're going to say certain players are just not in the plans. Like, for example, like, I wouldn't want to see Davidson Sanchez on the tour. He's got one year left. We're not going to renew like sell but, the but why why are you so sure why are you so sure Prostokoglu can't because, get a tune out of him because we've got one year left yeah. on Sanchez and I've done this dance before we did the dance when he helped us make Champions League and I was like okay you helped us make Champions League you deserve the opportunity to be part of the squad and he's shown this season that he's not of the level but again you know maybe if, if you have a, a more progressive style it can hinder some of these things. It's horrible because basically everybody, I don't think Bazuma had a good season. I think he had a poor season. I he came back had... into it. He came back into it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, <laughs> well, do you know what? Like, wait, wait, wait. It's a narrative. No, no, no. This is a narrative. He came on against Villa and looked decent. Yeah? That's okay, cool. Played against Brentford. He faded. He decent he faded, for 45 faded, minutes. Yeah. Dramatically faded. Fair enough. Um, against... It was the other team, but like what I'm saying is, is that he's had an inferior season to Harry Winks. To Harry Winks, yeah? did uh, Harry Winks? Harry Winks last season, mm-hmm. the season before, the season that Harry Winks had that got him sent to banished, banished to Sampdoria. <laughs> the season Winks had that got him banished to Sampdoria. Yeah, are you honestly telling me no. that uh, the the uh, Bizuma had a better season wait, last wait, season wait. than the season Winks had that got him banished wait. to Sampdoria? I mean, did he? You make you make a very good point. You make a very good point. I like what you did there with the banishment of Harry Winks. You actually sound he's strong. But everybody's like, everyone's like, oh, Bazuma next season, he's going to cook. But we've had people that have been sent to the net. And Dombele season, and Dombele in a season, goals versus Sheffield United. That goal, like, yeah. He was banished to the shadow. Bro, these guys was Lacelso goals versus City. Like, man of the match before. These men were sent okay. to the shadow realm. Let me let me go toxic. back on Basuma. Let me just double back on Basuma. No, you're right. You're right because we we did get gassed up 
on what Basuma did for t- two parts of two games. Um, yeah. And that was because we were tired of seeing Hoybier and Skip. That That is the truth, right? And Basuma showed us elements of what we believe is still in there and what we've seen um, from his Brighton days and what we're desperate to see from him, right? And I think this is the narrative that got skewed and it's like you say, Basuma's going to cook next season. I believe Basuma will cook next season in the system. I think it will benefit him. I think he will be allowed to do what he does best. The handbrake will be taken off. I think it was on under Conte. Conte obviously didn't believe in him um, to a degree. He came out on record and said that he hasn't been picking stuff up um, like his trusted Benton Core and Hoybier. And one ran out of gas, one got injured twice because they were over-relied on. Um, so I'm happy for Basuma to come back in and get back up to the level. And if he does get back up to the level um, that he was able to achieve for Brighton, I think he will be fantastic next season. Um, but I do agree there was narrative-driven hyperbole around Basuma come the end of the season. Um, but when you've had a third of the season with Skip and Hoybier as your two in the middle, it doesn't take much. So, yeah. Richarlison, oh, Richarlison, last one before we go. Richarlison, how do you think he'll yeah, fare? Yeah, he'll do, he'll do well. He'll, he'll press, he'll press well, press machine. He'll enjoy himself. He'll be all good to go. He'll score goals? Yeah, we'll see. I think I think he'll, I think there's no real reason to. Uh, to, to think that he won't, uh, I'm confident that he should deliver pretty well. Yeah, I, I think he'll back it. So you wouldn't you wouldn't want to sell him and Poro to get some major funds in to rebuild? No, 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 no. Like I said, there's no reason to sell the majority. You bring in four players. Like this is the luxury of not playing in Europe. So you can bring in four or five players, going straight into the first team. Like we don't need squad. We we filled out the squad last summer. Right, now we just need first team. Where are the gaps in the first team? Cool. Like that's that's all I need. I only need four of the right players, um, and then you can just concentrate on the outgoings and trimming the squad and just doing what you can to bring revenue in. But yeah, just get the four players you need, and then you can start being creative. Then you can start being like, okay, this this is a highly rated player on the data. This 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 player because you've got the you've got the squad mm-hmm. like the rest of it you can now start taking risks with players and thinking can this player come in and this and that and that's that's the way I would like us to do it yet spend like 30, 40, 50 million in three or four positions you've seen Raya you've seen Madison these these players are costing thirty to 40, 50. do you know what I mean as in like so then I expect the centre backs. Maybe you're gonna maybe try and get that Nelson twenty million. You're gonna try and get maybe Longley five million, and then you're like, okay, so there you go. You got you got four players there. Now you're basically saying uh, Nelson, Romero's the centre back partnership. Reyes a goalie. Madison's in defence. Yeah, Madison's in midfield, and then Gill's gonna stay. So maybe you go bring in Solomon on a free. Like maybe you bring in. Hitate on Twitter because basically you filled out the squad there at that point for about 100 to 120 million. Then you can start like doing offloads and then you can do is there good opportunities now 
us to add to the squad. And I've just said that 120 million becomes 160 odd million when you factor in Kulu and Poro payments. Yeah, true. But I don't disagree in terms of the way forward. I do think a lot of players will be given the opportunity and it will be interesting whether we'd send over two private jets um, to, to, to Oceana when we go on our tour because I don't know if he's going to be able to cut players he hasn't seen. Everybody starts mm-hmm. with a clean, a clean slate. Even Davison Sanchez, I think, starts with a clean yeah. slate come the tour. So it'll be very interesting. But Jay, I've kept you long enough. It is late. It's all good. Um, thank you for jumping on. It's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's been a great. It's been a great deep dive. I, I need to not make it so long next time. Yep, yep, indeed. I think it's going to be next week. We're going to be looking for you. We're going to have to get something mm-hmm. Postacoglu related to get you mm-hmm. <laughs> excited. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have a couple of transfers to talk about at that point. Transfers, fixtures, yeah, some ins and outs. Let's see. But. Listen, we've been a Shelfside podcast. You know what to do. You know where to find us. You know how to leave a rating. We only give you five-star content, so five-star, please. We've had Jay back on the pod after a Thank while. Thank you very much for having me. And um, Kwabna, where you at, man? This was supposed to be your shout. <laughs> your deep dive with Jay. Um, Lero, don't get at me for going easy on Dyer. You can get at Jay the next time you two are together on the pod. Um, Jimmy, where you at? Carl, where you at? Listen, been a Shelfside podcast. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. Lero, run the outro.